businesses face a range of threats as cybercriminals attempt to leverage our reliance on email and other applications against us. But one particular form of attack is proven to be increasingly lucrative to the extent it's even drawing established hacking groups away from malware campaigns. I'm Danny Palmer. This is ZDNet Security Updates. With me to discuss business email compromise attacks is Crane Hassold, Senior Director of Threat Research at Agari. Thanks for joining me, Crane. So first of all, what exactly is business email compromise? So business email compromise is a cyber threat that's been around for about five, six years now, um, has become increasingly common. And essentially what it is, um, it started out as uh, essentially an impersonation style attack where a cyber criminal would simply email uh, an employee at a company, usually an accounts payable specialist, or maybe even the CFO, uh, pretending and looking like they are an executive at a company, someone like the CEO, uh, requesting a wire transfer to a supposed vendor um, that needs to be paid for an overdue payment. That sort of morphed over the past couple of years into a number of other types of, of attacks. Uh, we have payroll diversion attacks, so trying to get cyber criminals uh, to uh, try to get uh, HR specialists to change uh, direct deposit details for executive salaries. And then we have some of the more increasingly common and more sophisticated threats, which are the vendor email compromise attacks, which are when a, it's essentially it's a hybrid of credential phishing and identity deception. That, uh, that means that a cyber criminal takes over the email account uh, of a, usually someone like a small supplier or vendor and then collects intelligence from those email, email boxes about different payments that are supposed to be due and then targets that vendor's customers uh, requesting payments for, for actually payments that are, that are supposed to be due, of course, diverting them to, to, other, to other accounts. So what is it about uh, BEC attacks that makes them so successful? Because we've seen over the last few years, there's been various incidents where companies have lost hundreds of thousands, maybe even more uh, to, to these attacks, all because cyber criminals have managed to pose as uh, ultimately someone the recipient thinks they can trust? Yes, yeah, so that's a good question. And so there, there are three primary reasons why business email compromise has become you know, so popular and, and, and caused so much loss over the past few years. You know, the first, the first reason is, you know, historically, there have been, you know, a number of companies out there that have focused on, you know, combating cybercrime and email-based threats but most, most of them have focused on combating more technically sophisticated types of attacks, uh, different types of malware, ransomware, things like that. But what they haven't gotten very good at is identifying and stopping those less sophisticated, sophisticated uh, technically sophisticated attacks um, like business email compromise, which is essentially in most cases, just pure social engineering. There's no malicious payloads. There are no bad links. It's just text pretending to be you know, a, a trusted individual or trusted entity, and then trying to get money to get wired out that way. And so what we've seen over the past few years is that the cyber criminals have realized that their more technically sophisticated attacks have become less successful. And so what the, the cyber criminals have done is they've become less technically sophisticated in their attacks. And that has caused uh, the you know, defenses to, to miss a lot of the BEC attacks that we see today. One of the second reasons that BEC has become so popular is that the return on investment, if you think about this in like a business perspective, uh, the return on investment for BEC attacks is so much higher than other types of, of cybercrime activity. You know, when you think of uh, Eastern European and Russian cyber criminal actors, you know, historically, they are more, they've been uh, associated with more technically sophisticated attacks. 
Uh, and one of the things that we had always thought was going to happen was, you know, thinking to yourself, why are they spending so much time and money on hiring developers for their malware and setting up infrastructure when they can just send someone an email, tell them to send me money and they'll do it. Uh, we, again, thinking about this as a business you know, on an over, from an overhead perspective, there's not really much behind the scenes with a BEC attack. And so the amount of profit you're able to make from those attacks is significantly higher. And then the third reason is, you know, social engineering at its core is relatively simple. As long as human beings have been on this earth, you know, interacting with one another for thousands of years, uh, we've been social engineering each other. The only difference is now the medium that we're doing it is through a computer and not through face-to-face -face or over the telephone or through the mail. You've done a lot of research into this area. Uh, what does a typical BEC operation uh, look like if there, is, if there is such a thing? Yes, that's a good, good question. So there are a number of different components to you know, a BEC cyber criminal organization. And one of the things that we've seen in all the research we've done is that it's generally a loosely associated group of individuals who come together uh, you know, relatively temporarily for a specific goal, and that's to make money. And so you have a lot of the central operators, the ones who are actually running the scams that are gonna be based in places like West Africa, specifically Nigeria has been you know, the hotbed for BEC scammers over, over the past few years. Um, and, but then you have uh, other actors that are associated with these, uh, with these groups as well. So you have um, the, the money mules. The money mules are the ones who are gonna be receiving the funds from these, uh, from these attacks. In many cases, these are going to be unwitting victims of other types of scams like romance victims or, uh, or work from home scam victims. And they're gonna be the ones that receive the money uh, under you know, certain auspices and then they pass the money and eventually gets back to the scammer. And then you have some other actors that are associated with these scams, uh, like the what we call the mule herders or the loaders. And they're the ones who actually you know, are, the, are responsible for cultivating this network of money mules, um, essentially as a, a way to, to receive all these, this, these fraudulent transactions. And you know, there are a number of other you know, individuals that are associated with these as well. You have you know, the spammers who are the ones who are setting up you know, credential phishing sites that are used to compromise credentials. But again, these could be individuals that are, you know, in numerous places all over the world um, and are just, you know, come together for, for specific purposes, which is, to, you know, to make money in, you know, a certain give, given period of time. You mentioned West Africa as one of the hotbeds there, which is you know, something we have seen over the last few years. Uh, there's also another new uh, player on this scene that uh, you've, you've done some research into uh, coming out of Russia, which is, uh, quite significant in and of itself. Can you tell me a bit about uh, this group, please? Yeah, sure. So, so the group that we saw that we actually released our original report on back in uh, uh, July of last year was a group that we call Cosmic Links. And, you know, our research into Cosmic Links was actually pretty um, interesting in the fact that, it's, as far as we could tell, it was the first reported BEC organization that uh, originated out of Russia. And so, again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, most Eastern European and Russian cyber criminal organizations are known for more technically sophisticated types of cyber attacks. And yet now we have this Russian BEC group that is using completely pure social engineering um, uh, tactics uh, to create very realistic looking uh, BEC emails. And what's interesting about Cosmic Links is that they, uh, they employ what we call a dual impersonation scheme so they originally uh, uh, impersonate a company's CEO 
and then they pivot and pass the original the target victim off to another persona that that looks like a an attorney usually based out of the uk that's actually impersonating an actual attorney in the uk um who's supposed to be in charge of, of facilitating a transaction for the acquisition of a southeast asian uh, company you can also tell by the way that cosmic links constructs their emails that they're actually they're spending you know significantly more time and effort um, creating very realistic looking initial emails. You know, we've seen Cosmic Links emails being written in English, French, Japanese, and Finnish. And regardless of what, whatever language it's being translated into or being written in, we've always seen that it is written in almost perfect spelling, grammar, and language, which is something you don't see with most other uh, BEC groups. Um, and then because this is, you know, a mergers and acquisitions scheme, uh, uh, the, the amount of money that they're able to make uh, is significantly higher than other types of BEC groups. So the average, the average that's requested for most you know, basic wire transfer BEC attacks is about $55,000. Whereas Cosmic Links, when you look at their average that they're asking for is well over a million dollars. And so you know, they've, been, they've been active since you know, the early, early last year. And you know, based on their, the fact that they're still around today, we can tell that they're, they're having success with their attacks. When people think about cybercrime from Russia, it's often things like malware or ransomware which, which come to mind. Well, BEC isn't uh, really something that's associated with uh, Russian cybercriminal groups. Uh, and we've seen over the last year that things like ransomware can make a lot of money. So what is the uh, significance of this group choosing uh, BEC attacks? Yeah, I think it shows you that you know the you know, the sophisticated cyber criminals that are out there are realizing the value of business email compromise attacks and are starting to pivot in that direction. You know, um, when when you know while malware has been successful over the years, without a doubt, um, one of the really interesting aspects of business email compromise, especially over here in the states, is when you look at some of the data that that's come out. Um, you know, comparing business email compromise to things like ransomware. Business email compromise by far comprises the most amount of financial loss for businesses all over the world. Um, in a report that came out last year from the FBI, 40% of all cybercrime losses that they tracked uh, came from as a result of business email compromise attacks. Um, and so while ransomware you know, gets all the news, it's the thing that you know, a, lot of, a lot of media talks about, uh, it is nothing compared to the amount of loss that's caused by things like business email compromise. And what actually happens when an organization falls victim to this? Because by, I imagine by the time they've realized they've sent you know, however many hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, cyber criminals, be they in West Africa, Russia, wherever in the world, it's too late. That money's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so one of the good things in recent years is that there's been a big, uh, a big uh, uh, concerted effort to try to stop a lot of that money from, from getting out. And so you know, over here in the U.S., the FBI has set up some some certain teams. Um, there's been rapid action teams that are meant to deploy very quickly and get in touch with banks as soon as possible when a business email compromise attack has been reported. And they've been somewhat successful in getting some money back from from uh, from uh, for their victims. So that's good news that you have a more uh, a more focused effort to try to combat these types of attacks. But you're right, in certain, in certain cases, you know, in things like a vendor email compromise attack, where you know, the, the actual loss might not be realized for weeks, if not months, when uh, a vendor says, wait a second, I haven't been paid for this, uh, 
uh, for this actual payment. And they actually go back and, and ask the customer and the customer says, well, yeah, I paid you, you know, a few weeks ago. But by then, you know, by the time the fraud has actually been identified, then, you know, the actual chances of getting that money back uh, has, be has become very slim. When it comes to the evolution of BEC attacks, uh, how, how are they changing? And how has something like, you know, coronavirus uh, and the way people are working remotely impacted how uh, BEC campaigns are working? Yeah, so, so one of the things, you know, outside of the more sophisticated actors getting into the BEC space, which creates much more realistic looking uh, emails that could conceivably come from uh, someone like a CEO, um, there are, so, you know, what's really interesting when we talk about the past year with coronavirus and COVID is that we've seen a lot of BEC attacks actually starting to deploy themes in their emails uh, that reference coronavirus and COVID. Um, one of the more interesting aspects of uh, Cosmic Links is that after our initial report, uh, they actually disappeared for a good three months. And uh, in mid-October, they, they returned to a little bit of uh, a steady pace. And then since mid-December, mid they've been extremely active. But one of the things that we realized that they did was they actually, you know, early in their campaigns, they would reference coronavirus uh, when the pandemic had first started. And they essentially used it as a rapport builder for their BEC attacks. Well, in their recent attacks, they've actually started deploying some uh, inserting some uh, coronavirus themes in there as well, but this time they're actually referencing uh, COVID vaccines, um, which shows you that they're paying attention to global interests and what people want to be talking about or what people are, are discussing around the world, essentially to build that trust uh, with their uh, supposed target before the actual request for the money is, is in there. And so coronavirus has, has become a big component to fit a lot of phishing attacks, not just BEC, uh, over the past year because everyone's thinking about it. It's always on everyone's mind. And if you can sort of catch people off guard with some themes that are familiar to them and that they, uh, that they may, may put their guard down, then you're gonna have some higher, higher chances of success. As you've detailed, one of the key things about BEC attacks is that they're subtle and hard to detect, especially if you know, someone like Cosmic Links has put in that effort to making up or you know, basing the, the emails off of real personas. So how can organizations try to protect themselves from uh, becoming the next victim to, uh, of one of these attacks? Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest things to keep in mind is to make sure that you, when you think about your email defenses, to make sure that you have defenses in place that are able and equipped to protect against social engineering attacks, the basic social engineering attacks like, like the business email compromise. Now, that's number one. And if you can stop it from getting to the, to the employees, then that's the best course of action. The second thing is it's all about process. You know, say, an, say a BEC attack does make it to an employee and you know, a, a, a wire transfer is requested. The big thing to think about here is to just focus on the process, validate that a request is being made out of band. So, in a, and it's some, some sort of different source or a separate communication to the supposed requester. So if you get, a, you get an email from someone who looks to be the CEO requesting money for a wire transfer, go to the wire transfer, uh, go to the CEO, you know, call them, email them separately, send them a Slack message saying, just want to make sure that you requested this, this, uh, this, e this, uh, this wire transfer. And that should stop most of these types of attacks once that validation uh, is, being, is being done. Because you know, at the end of the day, the, the CEO, if they didn't actually request it, they're going to say, no, I didn't request that. 
And so that you know, process is a big component to this. Like if there is an established process for wire transfer and uh, for wire transfer requests, then a lot of BEC attacks would be stopped. Thanks, Crane. That's some really great advice and, and very interesting discussion we've had here. Thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update. And for more information on how to keep your enterprise safe from cyber attacks, be sure to subscribe to the ZDNet YouTube channel. And of course, keep reading ZDNet. Thanks for watching.